How's everybody doing today? Hopefully you're doing well. And uh, it's Friday already. Can you believe it? Warmer weather yesterday, and uh, my house is warm this morning. We we tend to keep our temperature down at night. We sleep better, and uh, but it's warm enough outside the equilibrium of it. I'm just sitting here in like a you know sport shirt this morning. No no flannel. No. Uh, Nothing toasty and warm, no sweatshirt, nothing like that. So uh, anyway, um, and we're thinking about Fran flying back to Maine uh, with their uh, little Lila arriving soon. And uh, uh, so we we pray for healthy mom and healthy baby, uh, healthy family, uh, no complications, 
uh, a wonderful welcome into the family, uh, all those things. So we, we do pray and pray for you and your journeys as well. Uh, Wednesday coming up here, it's still five, six days away, but uh, we uh, we pray with you. And Lord, we do pray just for health, for uh, Fran's family, for Roland, for Jen, and uh, for Lila, that you would uh, give them just a very safe time and a blessed time and, and for Fran and, and travels, uh, no complications, especially this time of year with things being so chaotic and especially right here where we live right now, uh, downtown Belfast, uh, having quite the mess and it sounds like it's going to be worse this weekend. So we do pray even for that, pray about the storm coming uh, tomorrow that is supposed to be even worse than last week. And uh, so we pray uh, that you would, uh, abate that, that you would turn that back out to sea and that uh, we wouldn't have the significant damage uh, like we've seen in Rockland and Searsport and Belfast uh, as we uh, had last week. So that's our prayer there as well. I pray for another little family named Brian and Emmy as they get ready to bring their little one into this world as well as first-time parents. You would watch over them and uh, protect them and uh, give them just a, a wonderful, healthy Delivery and healthy mom, healthy baby. That's our prayer. <clears throat> Lord, as we look at your word today, we pray that you would meet with us, guide us, direct us, help us to to learn and live as followers of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in Luke 5. We've been in Luke 5. This is now part 3 of Luke chapter 5. And uh, the reason it's part 3 is because there's just so much to draw out of this chapter. And... Uh, Yesterday, we were we were talking about Jesus and the leper, and uh, we didn't get into the part on uh, about the para- paralyzed man, the paralytic. We, we just looked at the leper and, and the many, many lessons just in those five verses uh, about uh, God's, God's willingness and God's abilities in verse 12. Uh, we talked about Jesus' literally physically touching the man uh, in verse 13, the healing that came in verse 13, verse 14, uh, the, the necessity of continuing to fall, fall the law of Moses that was given verse 15, uh, how the news about him spread. So more and more people were coming to hear him and be healed. The two H's here and heal. Uh, but Jesus, then it says in verse 16, Jesus withdrew to lonely places and prayed. We spent a, a, a fair amount of time just on that one verse. We pick up in the narrative today down here in verse 17. See the header, Jesus heals a paralytic one day as he was teaching. Pharisees and teachers of law who had come from every village of the Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, they, they traveled some. I mean, there were people traveling a distance from from uh, down in Jerusalem all the way up to the Galilee, uh, and they were sitting there, I think, 70 miles, uh, some travel. It says, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Now, um, that is a very, very interesting phrase. The power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Was the power of the Lord not present for him at other times, wasn't he fully God and fully man? Yes, he was, but he chose to lay aside uh, the the uh, 
the use of the deity, the glory of the deity, uh, so that he could experience humanity. And also he was demonstrating to us, and what we pull out of this verse in verse 17, is that he also relied on the Holy Spirit because the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. He relied on God's Spirit to give him the strength and the power and the ability to do all the things that he would do. He was modeling for us. I mean, the, one of the key terms uh, in the title for this is the Jesus model. Well, he models in this compassionate ministry that he relied on the Lord. He was relying on the Lord. And uh, um, we need to do the same thing. We need to rely on and you, you say, but isn't he the Lord? Well, yeah, but he laid aside, and this is where there's so much theological writing and, and scholarship and, and debate about what just what does laying it aside really mean. And, and so I want to I want to say that to, I, I think he laid aside the he was trying to not access that that part of being God that was latent within him, uh, or or resident I would say not latent but resident within him. Uh, and demonstrate necessity of reliance on the Holy Spirit. There the power of the Lord was on, on him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic, it says, uh, on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, that statement, friend, your sins are forgiven, is going to create quite a stir. Now, I don't want to get into that stir quite yet. That's what's coming up is is quite a stir that Jesus creates by that statement, your sins sins are forgiven. Um, What I want to focus on... um, in verse 18, is it some men carrying the paralytic on a mat? They were friends. They brought the paralytic to Jesus. Uh, there's a model in that of, of carrying our friends to Jesus. Now, how do we carry our friends to Jesus? Sometimes you maybe you invite them to a church event. That, that's all well and good. That's good. To an outreach event, you, you invite people. That is a way to carry people to Jesus. Another way kind of spiritualizing this uh, is uh, we carry people to Jesus in our prayers. We pray for them that that, uh, that they would come to Jesus. But we, we have a responsibility to carry people. Now, when it says some people, some men came par- carrying a paralytic on a mat, we see, again, this physical engagement with the situation, this physical engagement with the problem. We looked at the leper yesterday. We look at the paralytic today. Uh, and, and both required uh, action. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the paralytic. Uh, I mean, touched the, the leper. And here we see men carrying another man to Jesus. Action was required. If we will follow the model of Jesus, action will be required. And I, I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh church outreach. I talked yesterday a little bit about the personal nature of things. I mean, taking someone a meal. I just read to Garrett Susie, the pastor of uh, 
Christ our King Church. I mean, they had a horrific accident two weeks ago, uh, and they discovered that he actually does have a broken bone high up in the lower leg and uh, uh, something that would have required a knee replacement had they not caught it. Um, his wife has had two surgeries on a, on a broken leg, and, of course, they have a whole brood of children, and some of them got some injuries in, in the midst of this horrific car accident on their way home from church uh, two Sundays ago. Uh, so we, we pray for them. Uh, now, why am I talking about Garrett? The idea of, of reaching out, that's why. Uh, now, Jesus, Jesus was reaching out to people who were not believers. Garrett is a brother in Christ. Siri is a sister in Christ. Their family is a family in Christ. And, and so we could certainly reach out to them. But what about reaching out to people, uh, not only in a personal way, but in a church way? Uh, there's a group of people in the Bangor area called the um, the street pastors. Uh, preachers, pastors. Uh, there's a difference. I mean, preachers go out. They're the ones sometimes that have the placard or the, the sandwich board they might wear or stand up on a little, take a little... A stool to stand up on and preach to people, and that is an approach. And I think God can use that and does use that in to, to draw some people to Himself. Uh, but the street pastors, uh, the, the the pastoral idea of care, they get right down with homeless people. Uh, they will take homeless people and say, "Let's go have a meal together." Uh, in fact, uh, back when the, when the weather was still good, somebody said, "Hey, let me go and I'll buy a bunch of burgers." For all of us, and uh, we will sit with the people. We're not just going to give them food. We're going to eat food with them, uh, the homeless people, because we want to get to know them and know their names and know their stories and pray for them. And, and friends, that that is the type of ministry that Jesus is modeling here. Going to the 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 outcast, the leper was the outcast, and for us to go to the outcast, and you know, some churches would say, well, "We don't want to, we don't want to taint ourselves with those types of people." Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus went to those types of people. Jesus had, um, oh, I can't think of the name of uh, Calvary Chapel. Does there? It's not AA. It's far, far better than AA. Because it's Jesus-centered, and uh, AA is spiritual-centered, but it's not Jesus-centered. And so they they arise. They have their arise meeting for people that struggle with drug addiction, alcohol. Anybody can go to it, but uh, it it is really to help those people. Yet it's a come-to-our-meeting type of a thing. Uh, What about a going? and? To, to go to people, Jesus modeled the going. Jesus modeled going to the to the down and the out. Uh, Jesus modeled uh, touching the, the messiness of, of, of humanity as he touched the leper. Uh, and and here we see other people now carrying someone to Jesus in this passage in Luke chapter five. And and so a question we could ask ourselves is who are we carrying to Jesus? What if uh, as a group, uh, all of us had a, a board uh, or had a notebook. And, I mean, could you name your top three people with whom you're trying to share Christ? That's one one question. Could you name your three people? Uh, 
what if we had a, a wall and, and uh, at church and you could go to that wall and jot down the the uh, the initials of the person uh, years and years and years and years ago uh, at a youth event, large youth event. We had, I don't know, probably 8000 youth at this event. Uh, we built like a it was it was like a, a miniature model of the Vietnam Wall that you'd see in Washington, D.C., and we encourage kids to come down and bring, uh, write the names, the, the initials or the first name and last initial of, of friends for whom they were praying. And then what we said is, is, is your groups come into the meeting gatherings that we had. If you come early, take some time and get down there and pray. What if we had a wall at, at, at our church? Uh, and I'm not really there anymore. But and that's a play. And we did two things: you you wrote the name of those people, uh, but then we would actually spend time getting out some chairs and sitting down in front of that and praying down through the names of of all those people to come to Christ. What if we did something like that? Then what if in our small groups we were talking about who are you trying to reach for Christ? And like Jessica says, I could name more than three. I could too, very quickly. What if we were praying for them? What if we, we prayed together for them? And then what if we were challenging each other? Hey, how are you carrying your friends to Christ? And just taking that approach to carry people to Christ. These men, it says, brought this friend on a mat. He couldn't get there on his own. And so they took him, and they had to go to great difficulty. They could have gotten to the door, said, well, we're not getting in there. They could have waited outside. Uh, but no, they were, they were persistent. They were insistent. And so they went up on the roof, and they lowered the man down through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. They were insistent. They were persistent. They, they were um they were going to make this happen. There was no no ifs, ands, and buts about it. They were going to do it. So then it says this in verse 20, another very interesting piece. When Jesus sought their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. It doesn't say when Jesus saw his faith, when Jesus saw their faith. Now, I have to believe that the man also had faith, faith enough that he would let his friends do something as crazy as put him down through the roof. Uh, and lower him with ropes on a mat in front of Jesus when Jesus saw their faith. I mean, sometimes we, people need our faith. And a, a little lesson out of when Jesus saw their faith. I mean, there, there's a lesson for Christians. There's a lesson for us in outreach and a little bit of lesson. Sometimes we don't have the faith. Sometimes we need to lean on other people's faith. Sometimes our faith is shaken. Sometimes our, our faith is, uh, is small and weak, and uh, we need to get around other people who have strong faith, who will bolster our faith, and who will help carry us on a mat, uh, even though we're Christians. So Jesus saw their faith, uh, their faith to carry him to Jesus. We need to have faith to carry people to Jesus. But then he says this statement. Uh, he says to them down in verse 20, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, what about that? What about the sins being forgiven? You think, well, that's, that's no big deal. But when we read on, 
says, when the Pharisees and teachers of law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and uh, took what he had been lying on and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. And, and would that not be something remarkable to see? I mean, and this made the Pharisees, this made the religious people say, well, what are we supposed to say about this? I mean, he was doing this miracle uh, as an evidence, as a proof uh, that he, in fact, was God, that he, in fact, had the capacity had the ability to forgive sins. Now, I'm going to have part five, I think, of uh, Luke chapter, no, part four of Luke chapter five, uh, because I'm not going to finish this. I want to talk for a bit and brainstorm with you for a bit about uh, church outreach. Uh, We had our discipleship group at our home last night, and we were talking about uh, the Tuesday night there was the uh, school Christmas concert. Now, here, here's. Let me just talk about this. There's some, and I, I'm not opposed to this. They have their Christian schools, and that's wonderful. Praise God for that. I think more kids need to be sent to Christian schools, uh, as long as Christian schools are focusing on the right things. Uh, but this is the public school that adjoins the church property of Rassy Chapel, and the church used the school. I'm sorry, the, the school used the church on Tuesday Tuesday afternoon for their Christmas concert because of the weather and whatnot at Christmas. They didn't have the concert then, so they had it Tuesday night. And somebody said the place was absolutely packed, packed right out. Now, I have two things. There was one of our uh, young men from our church whose kids go to the school there, and uh, he said, man, this is awesome. Wouldn't it be great to see the church like this? And we talked about how he wasn't a part of our church three years ago or four years ago when it was packed like that, uh, uh, nearly packed like that. And, uh, you know, he said, wouldn't it be great? So we need to pray for the church to be packed like that. But we shouldn't just pray. We need to ask what needs to change about how we do things in our church is. Churches have to change if they're going to reach the culture. Uh, they just have to, uh, or they're not going to. Uh, and so, you know, churches, some that are holding out on all the old ways. I'm not talking theology, folks. I'm talking how we greet people, how we welcome people, how we talk to people, uh, how we how we preach, uh, ways that we reach out. All of those things are are important and make a difference if a church is going to thrive and going to grow. So the young man talking about, man, it was so great. Parking lot was packed. People were parked all over the place and people all over the place for a school event. Now, it's not, it wasn't a Christian event. It wasn't an outreach event. So, A, we pray, you pray, but then you say, what do we got to change? Then also, on top of that, say, what do we do, do to go out? Now, you look at that event and go, what could, what could the church do with an event like that? I'm not trying to put pressure on Jacob. 
Uh, those of you that are part of Rassy Chapel, you need to take up the, the gauntlet here, okay? Not trying to put, he has enough to do. I, I, I get that. Uh, but, and, and I don't know if Melody may have been there serving coffee this time around. I don't know, but I know they served coffee in the past and it, it's, it, it, that, that, that is, that's something that begins to break down barriers between the church and people when you do things like that. I, I've suggested in the past, uh, cinnamon rolls. I mean, we have people who have Camp Fairhaven tradition, uh, in them who've baked at Fairhaven who know how to make killer cinnamon rolls. And I've suggested in the past, what if we, if some of those people got together at the church, baked up some cinnamon rolls, I mean, you could just take them to the, to the faculty and staff at the school and take some coffee, go over and get a jug of uh, Duncan coffee or something and take them. Or better yet, what about the idea of first day of school, last day of school, go out, set up a couple tables and pass out cinnamon rolls and coffee and just say, hey, have a great summer. You know, nice seeing you or any, anything like that. That is an example of something that could be done to reach out to the community. Uh, other things you can do. Uh, I know uh, I went to a Calvary Chapel men's breakfast last Saturday. And they talked one of the men stood up and said, we need to start thinking about doing something like this. And, and so they have. Uh, they're trying to assemble. This man was a part of a different church uh, that every Saturday they had people from the church who went out and helped other people, people from the church, people from the community, just showed up, especially uh, out in uh, out in the community. And people say, why are you doing this? Because we, we want to just show you Jesus loves you. We want to show you the love of Christ. Uh, Central Church, just up the road a piece here on Route 3, as is, is one of the outpost churches and then the main church over in Augusta. Uh, I mean, they, they regularly go into the community at least a few times a year and, and do things for the community. Uh, what about figuring out a way to do something, a way to serve down at United Farmers Market, just to serve people? You know, to, if a group of people said, hey, Paul, we want to be volunteers to help you with whatever you need help with down there. Just some people every week, whether it's some early setup stuff before your vendors arrive or clean up afterwards. And yeah, I know we know you've got your hired person, but we would just love to come alongside of you and help you. I mean, I, I love Paul. I'm, I'm great, grateful for Paul. And, you know, I, I miss uh, I miss some of the things that we had started doing down there. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that could be done again. It makes me wonder if there's any damage to his buildings down on the waterfront or what his peer is like. I guess I need to reach out and find out. But to think through, how do we reach out to people individually but also, how do we reach out to people corporately? I mean, yes, there are events. Christmas at the market, that was an event. Um, the church can have events, and those are come-to-us come events. But better yet, go-to-people events. I, I think we're in a day and age where people need to see the church out, get out, up out of the church and go out. And the other thing I want to say, I'm just going to stop at this point, because um, I, I really, really do think this way, and I didn't lead strongly enough in this regard, and I just, I'm going to put it out there. I think when people invite people to church, they need to expect church at church. Uh, there, there were seasons, there were days that uh, churches did everything they can to make it soft and comfortable for the non-believer coming in and, and changing up the music. And I'm not talking about the style of music. I'm talking words and playing familiar uh, secular tunes and 
maybe spiritualizing it or whatnot to, to try to make it. A, and, and I applaud the fact that there was a heart for reaching out to people in that way. But friends, I think when people come to a worship service, they should see God's people worshiping. That's what I think. I think, you know, don't, don't tune it down. They need, they're coming because they want to see something different. They're coming because they, they need to experience something different than, than what the world has to offer. I think prayer. I hit on this yesterday. Uh, and I, I feel badly. I got talked away from doing this years ago and, and, and I'm going to own that I allowed myself to get talked away from this. But, uh, years ago, we used to, uh, I, did an experiment for a couple months of we would pause partway through the worship service. And rather than having a pastoral prayer or an elder prayer, we stopped and, and, and encouraged people to break into little huddles uh, and to pray. And I would, I would say, look, if, if you're visiting with us today, don't feel like you need to say anything. Just listen in. Well, the, I remember the very first time we did that, a guy that's part of our church family, his name's John Dodge. I mean, he jumped right in. It was his first Sunday there. He jumped right in and, you know, and John is, I don't even know if John was a Christian at that point yet, but he jumped right into the prayers because he was seeing what Christians ought to do. Christians ought to worship God. Christians ought to celebrate the Eucharist or, or, or take communion on a regular basis. Christians ought to pray together. That's what non-believers, when they come to a worship service, need to see. And then they need to hear a message that, that, that's, that's put in ordinary, everyday language. I think, for me, that is one of my uh, one of the things I, I, I do well. And uh, I uh, sometimes I, I do it so well, it's bad. <laughs> I, I know that. Sometimes I stutter and um and, and, uh, and things like that. I, I know that. But... By and large, I, I think I, I try to communicate a level where anybody can understand what's being said, and I think that's where we need to go uh, in culture. And it's not to say that we can't teach people big words like uh, uh, ecclesia, which means gathering, or esket, esket, eschatology, which uh, which means end times. We see see what I did. I used the big word and I said what it meant. Now you know it. There you go. Esch, eschatology, end times. Uh In history, and I'm, I'm going to comment on something that Walter is saying here, uh, and I, I don't know that it is is as true as it used to be. The church has historically been a mover and shaker as far as taking care of people's basic needs, such as hospitals, homeless shelters, disaster recovery, whatnot. And I think that there's still a large measure of that that is, is still true today, but I, I think we could do better. I mean, it's just like... Okay, this big mess in Belfast from last weekend. There's going to be a big if if the storm, uh, if the Lord doesn't uh, hold back the storm for whatever reasons He would choose, there'll be a big mess uh, this weekend to clean up uh, Monday, uh, Sunday Monday down in Belfast again, just to show up and say we're the church, we're coming to clean up, and you know, and not even say we're the church, just go because you're a Christian. Go as a church and say, uh, you know, if Saturday's bad, you go Sunday morning and say, we're not going to have worship. We're going to go serve. I mean, things like that, that can happen. Well, anyway, friends, uh, I've given us plenty to think about, I know. And uh, I've done my ums and uhs along the way. I know that too. Uh, But Lord, it's our prayer. Help us as your people to live as your people in the world in such a way that people would experience the love of Christ from us. 
help us individually and corporately to figure out how to reach out to a, a world around us and show it the love of Christ and communicate to it the gospel of Christ. Lord, help us to do far better as witnesses for you that we would make you known. Help us to be those friends that pick up somebody else on a mat and bring them to Jesus. Hear our prayer, Lord. Hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week, friends.